right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. We are here uh, with episode number 11. Uh, this one we are going to be uh, doing, uh, thanks to Zach, we're going to be doing the 306 Fantasy Football version of Jeopardy, uh, where myself and Armin are going to battle away on that one. Uh, we got Keep Trade Cut with some Cowboys receivers, and then obviously we got our hot takes to wrap everything up. So, uh, I'm here with my two co-hosts. Uh, I got uh, Zach Strong. Zach, how are we doing today? Peachy keen. Just another day in paradise here on summer holidays. Yeah, so having a good time. Uh, good weather for you too. Can't uh, can't complain there. Yeah, nice and toasty. Yeah, almost a wet, almost uh, rather be in the AC some days than that toasty warm weather. But oh, oh. Uh, and uh, not last but not least, our other co-host Armin Schellenberg back in action with us after a, after a bit of a hiatus. Armin. How are we doing today? Hey, uh, doing good. I just got cleared today for pretty well all activities except uh, he said don't lift like over 100 pounds so I can't do any weight training but uh, otherwise I'm good to go. Right on. We're, we're, uh, we're glad to have you back Armin. So we're back with the with the trio here ready to go for episode 11. So um, be a little bit of intros and extras here today. Um, I guess me and Zach, we can talk about a little bit about our Scott Fish. We don't want to talk too much about it. Uh, we're going to do our own little side episode, I guess, just talking about Scott Fish. So if you're really interested in that, you can find that episode as a little extra coming up in the near future once everything's all wrapped up. Uh, myself, I just finished my whole draft today. Uh, really a big shout out to the guy in Australia in my, in my uh, division as he set the pre-draft, uh, pre-draft during uh, throughout his time obviously we're in totally different time zones here uh so a lot of his draft is pre-draft so we got to actually go through it pretty quickly so a big shout out to him um but i guess uh, zach maybe with they're talking about the pre-drafts maybe tell them about, a little about your situation there yeah so jordan you you finished up today so you guys did 22 picks and 22 picks each over the course of a week um my league we are just into the 13th round. Um, a lot of that has to do, uh, we have two league mates that are living in Spain right now. And, and around three 30, our time, it's already middle of the night, their time. So we don't get too far each day. We, we get about a round and a half or two finished before it's, it's, it's their turn and they're, they're asleep. I haven't quite convinced them yet to go with the pre-draft list, unfortunately. So uh, the, the Scott fishbowl recap episode might have to wait until August at this point in time. Yeah. The uh, week, week one of the NFL starting up and Zach still drafting. So, Oh, that was my worry last week. <laughs> oh, going real slow. We've been, uh, we've been going back and forth, kind of sharing our uh, thoughts and opinions on the drafts a little bit. So it'll be, uh, it'll be a fun one for us to kind of dive in deep a little bit about our strategies and what happened and who we took. I guess a little bit of extra, you can look at our Twitter. Uh, we've been doing a live tweet of our draft, and then we'll also have uh, an Instagram post coming out once our teams are completed. Uh, so you guys can be able to see it on Instagram as well. But stay tuned for that episode. Like I said, once everything's wrapped up, we've got a chance. We'll do a little side episode uh, talking about the Scott Fish draft. So uh, enough about Scotty Fish. Uh, let's get into it here. Let's get a little insiders and headliners. Um, pretty slow one. Once again, we're in the dog days right now as we're getting leading up to maybe a little bit of momentum some news, but Nothing too crazy. Uh, one to look forward to, I guess, would say is the uh, Cowboys. They were chosen for the Hard Knocks uh, um, television series. Um, well, I guess staying on the Cowboys news, we're doing that for Key Trade Cut, like we mentioned. So it's kind of exciting. Um, I guess I personally love watching the Hard Knocks. It's a lot of fun. 
Uh, the only thing that I hate about it is uh, it always drives up ADP. So those sleeper guys <laughs> that you want on those teams, when people are watching the hard knocks, their ADP continuously goes up and up and up. So unless, uh, unless you're trying to sneak in one of those Cowboys guys, uh, that's, I guess the only downfall of it, but uh, you guys, are you guys hard knocks guys or what? Yeah, I, I enjoy watching it like two years after it airs. I can't afford HBO. So <laughs> I wait until it's on NFL network at my mom's house, like two years after the fact. So this year, you'll be able to catch up on maybe the Chargers and, and see how they did last year. <laughs> yeah, if I'm lucky. Yeah, what about you, Armin? You're a Hard Knocks guy? or? Uh, you know what? I might get a few boos, but no, I've never really watched it. Uh, what you said about ADP, though, I'm not too worried with uh, Dallas because they got some weapons that everybody knows about already. I think the only thing it might change is their tight end situation. Yeah, see who the clear one is. It's like, well... One's coming off injury. One's coming off a pretty good year. It's gonna that's gonna be able to sift through the sand there and find who you want. So, yeah. uh, other news we got. Uh, this is coming from a little bit of Canadian news, a little maybe even Saskatchewan news. CFL training camps have started up, so teams are getting ready to go. I know a good buddy of mine. He's an official in the CFL, and he's gonna be working the working some camps and stuff coming up here. So he's pretty excited about that to get back in the CFL. But from Rider news, it's tough. One one practice four Achilles injuries oh. all four went down so that's uh that's uh that's tough news but uh, obviously us as Canadians and CFL fans and hopefully we can get down to a game where we're trying to see if we can pick up some tickets and go see, check out a rider game all together but obviously oh, that's yeah. a little bit of Canadian news not so much NFL fantasy but a little bit more just kind of the personal connection and just football fans in general so uh bringing it back into uh, uh, a little bit of transition from CFL now to college football once again transitioning away a little bit from the fantasy, I guess the lead up to fantasy is the NCAA ruling. So now uh, the athlete sponsorship is now officially a go. Um, this is obviously, we talked about a little beforehand, this is going to, this is going to change things up. Maybe some of those, some of those college names that maybe weren't known well before are going to become a little more household names with being able to promote themselves and make a little dough on the side. But I know Armin, would you, I know you had something you wanted to mention about the, uh, the NCAA rule change. Yeah, well, first off, it, it's a good thing these guys, especially in, in football, right? They come into the NFL, especially at running back, too, with so much tread on their tires, and now they can actually at least get a little bit for themselves before they uh, before they stop to, their body starts to depreciate. Um, but, yeah, I think it definitely could uh, to, could change those casual viewers, Um their draft strategies a little bit and they might be able to pick up some of those young guys. So you might see some rookies coming in and, and redrafts getting a little drafted a little bit higher. And then in, uh, in dynasty, those guys that might not be so active, they might still know some of the guys that, uh, that everyone thought was sleepers now. So it might be harder to find those sleepers or easier. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I guess uh, the one, one argument there was about the previous Heisman winners are they going to end up getting their Heisman's back and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty interested in that to see what ends up happening and see if uh, Reggie Bush can get his, get his uh, Heisman back. And I hope so we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's not like steroids where it like changed how well he did, you know, like he yeah. still played that well. Yeah, it's not like making probably had more pressure. Yeah. It's not like making a little change on the side <laughs> helped you play better. <laughs> like, yeah. So we'll see. That's a interesting little news piece to follow as well there too. Uh, last one, last one here. Uh, I want to hear Zach's takes. I know this one's a little close to the heart. Maybe it's a better situation. We don't know, but Nikhil Harry uh, through his agent has officially asked for a trade away from the new England Patriots. Um, 
I guess we'll uh, we'll we'll go to Zach first here as our as our Patriot and our and our 102 Nikhil Harry drafter, and we'll get his opinion before we dive into this. <laughs> yeah. So when the news broke, I I read the the tweet that his agent put out, and uh, I I I'm concerned for for Nikhil because his agent seems delusional. The way the agent was talking about Nikhil made it sound like he was some like world beater and that the Pats were just like holding him back. Um, maybe that's the case, but from what I've seen over the course of two years, um, I think he's had many opportunities and he just hasn't been able to capitalize. So at this point in time, any, you know, any new team for Nikhil will probably be a good thing. If the Pats can get like a conditional six rounder for him, then it is what it is. Hopefully, though, there's a team that has another struggling young young player that's in a similar position, and they can just flip them for each other, and then give two guys a new start. Um, but it's it's definitely not what you want to see when you pick a guy at uh, 32 overall in the the actual draft, and then you get all hot and bothered and you, you pick them one Oh two in your dynasty draft. That, that's for sure. <laughs> that's tough luck. Yeah. It's uh, I laughed at the quote was like, we, we can't trade you because we did play you or something like that. Or that's the reason. <laughs> oh man, that has a good chuckle. It's like, that's the ultimate slap in the face, but yeah, I think that's the best situation for him. Even, even coming to a new team, isn't necessarily going to mean like go after him. Like if coming from a dynasty or like, I guess you're not really redrafting, but from a dynasty perspective, I'm not going after him. Um, I think that's just, just trying to chase points at that point. Like, even if he gets traded, doesn't mean automatically situations can be any better. It's just, uh, you're crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. Like really when in the NFL, if you're looking for a sixth or seventh round pick for a guy, like you're writing them off. So, uh, some team will probably take a gamble on him, I imagine, but doesn't really make it uh, worthwhile for us as fantasy owners to really gamble on any other, I can't imagine. So, um, that'll wrap up a pretty short and sweet, uh, insiders and headliners for us like i mentioned not much going on but hopefully as we continue to progress through closer to the season here we have a few things we can report on but uh that'll bring us into keep trade cut uh we're going to do the dallas receivers uh edition i know zach you uh, mentioned that in the scott fish in your one group chat you're in from the 111 draft position this was a major talking point for you guys so maybe you want to introduce the uh the three receivers and a little bit of why we're going here yeah so the discussion in the group chat that i was in was about uh, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. And Michael Gallup was more uh, removed from that conversation, but lots of guys with their 302 pick with the third-round reversal and Scott Fish were looking at possibly taking C.D. Lamb or, or Amari Cooper. And you know, there, was, there was guys that were saying, well, Cooper's historically put up you know, consistent seasons, but, you know, Lamb put up just as good of a season in his first year. So they're, they're trying to weigh the, the steady production of Cooper, the consistent production to Cooper to the potential growth and development of Lamb. So it was definitely an interesting discussion in that group chat. Well, even more interesting than that group chat, we're going to hear what Armin Schellenberg has to say about these three receivers. So Armin, Keep trade cut, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. All right. So I almost went hot and heavy with this one and went with uh, 
keep Gallup and uh, trade CD and cut Cooper. But I decided to play a little bit safer. And I went keep Lamb, uh, trade Cooper, and cut Gallup. Um, almost went an ADP order there. Um, I know CD Lamb is kind of CD Lamb and Amari Cooper are kind of bumping back and forth and kind of alluding to what Zach said there, right? Um, but I don't think Lamb's at his peak yet, right? So you got to keep him in, until you can get a bigger return on your investment, right? He's not on a downhill slope yet. I think he's a pretty safe bet to increase his uh, his value. So don't trade him away. You got to keep him at this point. Uh, Cooper. Um, the reason I'm selling him here is uh, it, it might be potentially a little low because of because uh, of how Lamb's coming in hot here and and bringing down his value. Um, but um, you should at least break even on your investment, right? He's still sitting in in a spot where he normally sits, right? And he's a dependable receiver that everybody knows is a good receiver. It's just everybody's worried about Lamb's target with him, right? Um, but he's never been one of the top tier guys, maybe peaked at tier two or tier three. Now he's sitting at the bottom of tier three, tier four. Right. Um, so I think you're not losing too much should break even. You might even, depending on where you bought in on him, you might, uh, get, get a little bit of a return on that investment and then trade Gallup. Um, he seems like the odd man out there. I kind of wanted to keep him though. Like that's, that's why I said this earlier is his ADP is so low that it might actually be a good time to invest in him. Like he, he is a good receiver. You watch him play. He's a strong receiver. He can, he's got good route running and, and good hands and can catch the contested catch, but he's just, and stuck between a rock and a hard place right now, which I feel bad for the guy. Cause if he was on any other team, he'd probably be, way more valuable zach your uh, rebuttal uh i gotta i gotta agree with armin uh for the most part um i think yeah i think if you sell lamb now you you're going to get a really good return but maybe next off season you could get an even bigger return um keeping cooper nothing wrong with that and then yeah out of those three cutting gallop that makes the most sense if you're in the position that you had all three on your team. Um, but if you were, or if I was in like a dynasty startup or um, even like a redraft league, I, I might target Gallup out of the three of them just because his ADP is it's like six full rounds in a 12 team league after lamb uh, lambs coming off the board around 51 overall and Gallup's coming off the board at 123 overall. So um, you can get really good value with Gallup, but you just have to sit and be patient. Whereas with Lamb and Cooper, you have to uh, invest a lot earlier. So I agree with you, Armand. Well done. I, uh, I'm a little bit on the contrarian uh, and this dives into my hot take. So I'm not going to go into it a little bit too much, but uh, I'm more on the Amari side than CD. Not that I don't think there's a wrong answer there. You're going to get great value, whether you keep or trade either one of them. Um, yeah. but I am more on the Amari side. Uh, and I, like I said, I won't talk too much about it because I'm going to go into some of the details for a little bit in my hot take, but, uh, but yeah, I, I would keep Amari and I would trade CD. I also think the return you're going to get from CD is higher than your return you get from Amari, which I think is wrong, but 
that's what the what the value is currently said by the people so but like yeah. i said i'll uh we'll, we'll touch into this a little bit more in uh in a, in a few few minutes here so you got to think that all three of these guys get a little bump in their production this year with Dak being back too. Oh yeah. Like that's, like I said, once again, I'm going to dive into some of the numbers here and some of the splits, but I, I hope, I hope Dak's healthy because uh, the way, the way the ADP of these players were going off in, in our drafts, they were the number one drafted team in the first like five rounds between the two receivers, quarterback and their running back. It was I think it was them and Kansas City were the two highest drafted teams, which is crazy. Yeah. And totally different spectrums. Dallas is a, a behind <laughs> behind team that's continues throwing the ball, and then Kansas City's obviously a perennial powerhouse. So, but, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll dive into some of these stats here in a little bit. All right, so uh, we are going to start with a new segment here, and keeping along the uh, keeping along the lines of the the games and the interactive stuff that we um, we've been doing lately. Uh, I know a lot of fans had reached out to us and mentioned that they like the games because obviously as you guys are listening at home or on the road or whatever you guys are, uh, wherever you guys are listening, you guys uh, like to do the uh, games along with us because you can participate much the same as we are. So, so Zach uh, came up with this one for us. We're going to be doing 306 Fantasy Jeopardy. So Zach was, uh, Zach was a good guy and he put together a little bit of a, a Jeopardy board and, and today it's going to be myself versus Armin. So uh we're gonna see how this goes armand uh, beat me on the last game show we did when we did the guess who and so i'm trying to gain a little bit of redemption <laughs> so uh, uh we'll see who the winner is and it's something new for our podcast here as well we're going to be introducing the 306 wager wheel where we have a little wheel the loser spins it and uh, obviously the loser has to pay out the uh whatever the, uh, the punishment the wheel uh, tells you so Wager wheel is new for us, and uh, hopefully I will not be spinning it come the next hour or so. <laughs> so, so we'll see how this goes here. Uh, we'll uh, we'll let Zach take it away, and uh, we'll start 306 Fantasy Jeopardy. All right. Thank you, Jordan, for the kind words. So uh, like Jordan said, uh, I put this together a couple of days ago, so it's the 306 Fantasy Football Jeopardy. Uh, there are four categories. They are... 2021 redraft PPR scoring 101 from redrafts of yesteryear and dynamic duos from the 2020 season. Um, so, uh, as the winner of the guess who Armand, you can go first. Um, you can pick, uh, the category much like in regular jeopardy and then, uh, I'll read the prompt and then whoever buzzes in first by saying their name will get the chance to answer it. Um, if they answer incorrectly, the other person will have a chance to steal those points. Um, but if it's guessed correctly, whoever guesses it will receive the points and as well as having the chance of uh, selecting the next prompt. Uh, any questions, fellas? I'm uh, I'm ready to lose. Let's do this. <laughs> I feel the same, Jordan. Okay, let's go. 2021 redraft for 100, please. All right. As of early July, which player's ADP it is 2-0 in PPR formats? Jordan. Jordan, what's your answer? Austin Eckler. Who is Austin Eckler? <laughs> uh, Jordan, that is incorrect. 
Armin, this is your chance to steal. Okay. Who is Nick Chubb? Uh, Armand, that is also incorrect. The answer that we were looking for is Dalvin Cook. Oh, okay, like 102? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like second round I was talking about. Oh, oh wow. no. <laughs> no, that is like second. Yeah, I can, I can see how that might be confusing. Well, that's a good start, Armand. We're staying hot here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So since neither of you answered it correctly, let's go, Armand. You have the chance to select your question. 2021 redraft for 200, please, Zach. All right. As of early July, which tight end Jordan. currently? All right, Mr. Carrier. Who is TJ Hawkinson? That is correct. Woo! Well done. Woo. Detroit Lions, baby. Let's go. I was really thinking, I was like, man, is like some people are putting him ahead of uh, Mark Andrews. So I was getting a little nervous there. For a while there, it was Kyle Pitts. So I had to like double check this morning. All right. So currently Jordan is ahead 200 to nothing. So Jordan, it is your turn to guess. Yeah, I'm going to keep going here. 2020 redraft. I'll go for 300, please. All right. As of early July, which second-year running back currently has an ADP of 24.5 in PPR formats? On... All right, Mr. Carrier. Who is Antonio Gibson? Ooh, that is incorrect. Armand, uh, as of early July, which second-year running back currently has an ADP of 24.5 in PPR formats? Who is Cam Akers? That is correct. Ah. Woo. <laughs> oh, Jordan, that's not good. Well done, Armando. All righty, Armand, it's your turn. Uh, let's go PPR scoring for 100, please, Zach. All righty. Gentlemen, I hope you guys brought your pen and paper. This is full point PPR scoring where touchdowns are six points. In PPR scoring, how many points would a player receive for seven receptions and 90 yards? Jordan. Harvin. I heard Jordan first. Uh, he will have 16 points. What is 16 points? That is correct. Well done, Jordan. Uh, in 2020, Tyler Boyd put up that stat line in week four, and he scored 16 points. Oh, I like the little fun facts. Yeah. Yeah, if you said who scored 16 points in week four, that's, uh, I'm not getting <laughs> that one. I don't think many people would. No. Oops. All righty, oh. so... It was up there. I'll, I'll go for it anyways. I'll go PPR scoring 200. It was up All there. Right. I didn't read it yet. I'll be an honest guy here, but. Perfect. In PPR scoring, how many points would a player receive for Armand. nine receptions? Armand? That would be 25 points. No. Oh, that's <laughs> that incorrect. Is incorrect. That is 25 points. Shit. 
Um, that is incorrect. So I'll go Jordan. All right. Uh, oh, I guess I got to say what is. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is 37 points? That is correct. I don't know where my head went there. Uh, in week three of 2020, Tyler Lockett put up the stat line and he scored 37 points. So, Jordan, back to you. I'll go PPR scoring for 300, please. <clears throat> All right. In PPR scoring, how many points would a player receive for 60 rush yards, three receptions for 11 receiving yards, and Jordan. one touchdown? Jordan, I heard you first. Uh, what is 13.3 points? I am sorry, that is incorrect. Armand, to you. 16.1 point, or what is 16.1 points? That is correct, well done. Rex Burkhead put up this stat line in week eight of the 2020 season, and he scored 16.1 points. All right, for those of you that are keeping score at home, uh, Jordan currently has 500 points to Armin's 600. What is, uh, let's go dynamic duos for 100. All righty. So this will take a little bit of listening on your part, fellas. This dynamic duo from the NFC West put up the most combined points of any two wide receiver, right, wide receivers from the same team in Jordan. 2020. I heard Armin. Who are Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf? Well done. That is correct. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That's who I was thinking. Well done, Armin. Good job. Good job. I like it. All right, Armin. Straight there. Um, <clears throat> let's see what that 101 is at uh, 100, please, Zach. All right. According to MFL, who was the 101 in PPR? I heard Armand again. What? Uh, who is Christian McCaffrey? That is incorrect. Armand, or sorry, Jordan, your chance to steal. Yeah. Who is Saquon Barkley? That is correct. 2019, it said, baby. I was going to say Christian McCaffrey too until I saw 2019. I was like, oh, good thing I waited and actually read the whole thing. <laughs> All right, Jordan, what would you like? I'll go PPR scoring for 400, please. All right. In PPR scoring, how many points would a player receive for 13 receptions, 269 yards, Jordan. and three touchdowns? Jordan? Uh, what is... Oh crap! I'm gonna no. I don't. I don't even have this math. Sorry. I. I I'll be honest. I took. That's gonna take too long. Sorry. I'll just. All right. I'll, I'll take a random. I'll take a random guess. How about this? Four, forty-seven point six point or forty-seven point nine points. It's a valiant guess, but you are incorrect. <clears throat> Armin, if you want to use that nine points, can you repeat yourself, please? What is fifty-seven point nine points? Well done. That is correct. 
I could not Tyreek Hill. Trying to do the math. I could not mental math that quick enough. <laughs> Tyreek Hill put up that stat line in week 13 of the 2020 season where he scored 57.9 points. Okay, uh, let's finish off that PPR scoring. All right. Get that math out of here. Uh, in PPR scoring, how many points would a player receive for 155 rushing yards, three receptions for 17 yards, and six total touchdowns? Jordan. All right, Jordan. What is 50... What is 59.2 points? I am sorry. That is incorrect. Oh, my man. What is 56.2 points? Well done, Armand. That is correct. Woo! Alvin Kamara put up that stat line in week 16 of the 2020 season, and he scored 56.2 points, and I am sure he won many people their fantasy playoff that week. Yeah, huge week. All So PPR scoring is complete. Armand, which would you like? Let's go uh, dynamic duos for 200, please. All right. This dynamic duo from the NFC North put up a combined Jordan. 500. Jordan? Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that is incorrect. Armin. Armin, yes. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen? That is correct. I didn't think it would be that high. Uh, I should point out that the dynamic duo category refers to receivers only. Ah. As soon as I saw NEC North, I was like, dynamic duo, that's automatically the two with the highest point together, but not correct. I was going for the Batman and Robin vibe. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm getting dusted. You're 1,800 to 600. That's not what you want. No, you hate to see it. Uh, dynamic duos for 300, please, Zach. All right. This dynamic duo from the AFC North put up 386.8 PPR points in 2020 with three different starting quarterbacks. I'm terrible at divisions. Uh... I'll try it, Armin. All right, Armin, what's your guess? Who are Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel? That is incorrect. Oh, AFC. I'm trying to think. I have the NFC locked. The AFC. I'm trying to think who that is. Just give me a second. Uh, yeah, I can't even think. I I can't even put a guess because I can't even think. Trying to. Trying to think who's in that division. It's on the spot. No, I'm going to pass. I don't know. All right. Well, I, I appreciate the effort, fellas. And I, I can certainly relate as a, as a Pats fan. I have the AFC, like the backside of my hand, but the <laughs> NFC is a little dicey for me. Um, so AFC North, we're looking at uh, the Bengals, the Steelers, Browns, and the Ravens. And the answer was yeah. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. With the, I thought the three different starting quarterbacks might be a helpful clue. That's what I was trying to go through my brain. The only team I could think of was Denver, but I was like, they're not the North. 
And they might have had like four different quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, that one they had a receiver start, so that didn't really help. Do you count Rice Freeman as a QB? Yeah, or Hinton or whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah, poor boy. Yeah. Um, so Armand uh guessed that one. So Armand, it is back to you. Uh let's go 101 for 200, please. All righty. According to MFL, who is the 101 in PPR redraft leagues Armand. in 2017? Armand. Is this David Johnson? That is incorrect. Jordan. Yes, go, Mr. Who, who is Ezekiel Elliott? Oof, that is also incorrect. Le'Veon. Yes, according to MFL, the 101 was Lev Bell. Yeah. Both good, strong guesses. This is not how I'm going to come back in this game. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> Armand, yeah, it is back to you. Uh, let's go dynamic duos for 400, please. All righty. This AFC South dynamic duo put up 438.9 PPR points with only 135 receptions combined in 2020. Jordan. Yes, Jordan. This is a total shot in the dark. So I don't even know if this is the right division, but I'm going to go. Um, who is Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley? I am sorry. That is incorrect. <laughs> oh, I don't even like studying the right division, but that's on the first thing that popped in my head. I mean, I don't know the FC worth crap. Uh, okay. Okay. This division is let's go. Who is Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller? Oh, that is actually a really good guess. Unfortunately, it is it's not correct, but really good guess. Is it like AJ Brown and and I don't know somebody that like is that AFC South? Davis? Is that this? Uh, oh, yeah. I was like, it was, it was AJ Brown and Corey Davis? Yeah. With the the low uh, passing volume offense, they put up. Combined really good fantasy seasons, but uh, on limited touches. Let's go redraft for 300, please, Zach. Uh, for 400. Is that yeah, okay? Yeah, sorry. All right. That's all right. Uh, which running back has seen his ADP go from 16.7? Oh. Who is Armin. Josh Jacobs? That is incorrect. Jordan, James Robinson. Who is James Robinson? That is also incorrect. Oh. It is Clyde Edwards Alaire. Oh. Oh. And you were just talking about him last week, Jordan. I know, but I, as soon as I saw the ADP dip, but that was in post draft, I, I didn't read the question f- fully. I just got locked in. Yeah. He was going early. The, the months. Yeah, he was going early second, sorry, late second, early third. Uh, last year at this time in redraft, and now he's going in that fourth, fifth range. Yeah, I did not read the question because I was thinking 2021 to 2021. I didn't read the question. I just got too hot and hot and bothered it away. <laughs> oh, I'm in trouble. All righty, Armand, you are back in the driver's seat. All right. Uh, let's finish off redraft. All righty. Make sure you guys read the question, please. Yeah, good call. <laughs> According to MFL, 
Which of the top Jordan. three Pittsburgh? All right, Jordan. Who is Juju Smith-Schuster? That is correct. Oh, I needed that, boys. I needed that, boys. Let's go. Who is Juju Smith-Schuster? And interestingly enough, in the last two weeks um, since I made this, it changed from uh, Chase Claypool to Juju Smith. Oh. Thank you, uh, Scotty Fishbowl, for helping me out with the ADP questions. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go. Let's finish Dynamic Duos for 500. <clears throat> All right. This NFC South Dynamic Duo put up 20 touchdown receptions combined Jordan. in 2020. Jordan. Shoot. I read the question wrong again. Oh, I don't even have a guess. I read the question wrong. I got nothing. No guess. Okay. Uh, Armin, your chance to steal. Who is Godwin and Evans? Well done. That is correct. I think that I ice is just me now. about to buzz in, Jordan, when you buzzed. Well, Oof. I was reading it. I'm like, oh, no, I read that wrong. I read it as AFC South. So I was like, okay, oh, I actually yeah. got a guess here, too. No. Well done, Armin. Let's just go in order, I guess. Well, for me, I guess. 300 then. All right. According to MFL, who is the 101 in PPR redraft leagues? All right, Jordan. Uh, This is a shot in the dark, but I'm going to go, who is Melvin Gordon? That is incorrect. Armin, your chance to steal. Who is... Let's go with... Uh, just say Zeke, I guess. I no, know. is it is it Adrian Peterson? That is in both of those are incorrect. Oh. <laughs> in in 2014, it would have been prime Shady McCoy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was because I think Adrian Peterson's injury would have been before that, right? Because AP's injury was in 2013. I think so. I think in 2012, 2013, something like that. Yeah, I think I took him, like, he went early in our 2012 draft. So I was trying to remember. Melvin Gordon's breakout would have been like 15, I think. So he would have went 60. Yeah. So that's, oh boy. <laughs> All right. Army. 400, please, Zach. All How right. old are you going here? 101 for 400. According to MFL, who is the Jordan. 101 in 2013? A- who is Adrian Peterson? That is correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it must have been 2013, Jordan. Yeah, 2013 <laughs> got injured then. Yeah. Oh, I needed that to at least get me in the ballpark. Alrighty, that leaves us with 101 for 500. Yeah, I'll select it for 500, please, Zach. <laughs> According to MFL, who is the 101 Jordan. in PPR? Mr. Carrier. Who is Calvin Johnson? That is incorrect no who who is marson lynch that is incorrect Ah. in 2010 my senior year of high school we were all chasing after cj2k yeah that's what i was thinking about for the other one before but that would have been too early or too late for him oh yeah he had a like he kind of fell off the map i remember it would have been 2012 he was putting up like one and a half yards of carry for like a two or three game stretch. 
Um, please give me a second here while I while I total your scores. I believe it's twenty three hundred to fifteen hundred. Is that correct? I had you for fifteen, and then Armand at ten, sixteen, twenty one, twenty three hundred. Correct. All right. Couldn't so, figure out the PPR map. I could figure that one out. Tell me that. <laughs> so Jordan, you are at 1500 and Armand, you are at 2300. And we are now moving on to our final Jeopardy section. Um, I'm going to give you guys the chance to see the question. Or see the category. The yeah, see the category. And then you guys can place your, your bets before we see the question. On a piece of paper, right? Yes. So the topic for Final Jeopardy is second-year running backs. So take a few seconds to maybe do some math to see what you need to, to stonewall your opposition or to catapult yourself, yourself into the, the winner's circle. And then please write down what you are wagering. Keep in mind, folks, that the loser of this does have to spin the wager wheel. Jordan, what is your wager? Uh, Zach, I went with 1500 baby. <sighs> wagering the whole pie. Go big or go home. That's uh, what we're going to do here. Absolutely. And Armand, what was your wager? I figured you'd do that, so I went with 800 800 perfect 100 over him if he uh gets it right and i get it right perfect all righty so uh i will show you the prompt um i will read you the question and then you can take a few seconds to write your answer on a piece of paper and the question is put these running backs in the correct order based on PPR ADP uh, for redraft oh. leagues, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Oh, man, I'm really flip-flopping with the two here. Yeah, there's a clear number one and a clear number five, but that middle group is... That's where it gets tricky for me. So uh, first, let's have uh, Jordan reveal his answers, please. I have here Akers, Gibson, CEH, Swift, Dobbins. All right. Thank you. And Armand, your answer was? I went uh, Gibson, Akers, Dobbins, CEH, Swift. All right. Well, gentlemen, unfortunately... Both of you answered it incorrectly. Was my was my first one right? Yes, the the proper order according to MFL is Cam Akers at around the 19 overall pick. Really CEH climbed Gibson now. Yeah, Clyde Edwards-Alaire around 29 overall, Antonio Gibson at 30 overall, so very close. Uh, DeAndre Swift at 32 overall and J.K. Dobbins at 35 overall. Man, I did not realize. This might be a hot take here, but like I I'm didn't... smashing J.K. Dobbins that late, I think. 
I did not realize – well, I passed on Dobbins in the Scott Fish, but I did not realize Antonio Gibson got surpassed by CEH. So his, his ADP is starting to climb again, obviously. It certainly looks that way. Yeah. The people are listening to you, Jordan. <laughs> As they should. <laughs> so, gentlemen, at the end of the inaugural 306 Fantasy Jeopardy game, the final score is Armand 1500 and Jordan significantly less than 1500. <laughs> Zero oh. is the answer. Oh, yeah. Zero, yes. Thank you guys very yeah. much for playing, for being good sports. Um, are we going to spin the wager wheel now, or do we want to spin the wager wheel um, for the next episode? Let me see if I, well, I still have it open. I can share screen and I can spin it. All right, perfect. I will stop sharing. Okay. All right, so here we go. Our first edition of the uh, wager wheel, 306 wager wheel. We got for the first ones, we got hot wing challenge, the two liter water chug, the wing special on me, one minute cracker challenge, eat as many saltines as you can, winter NFL gear, the McDonald's five hour challenge, and a small Slurpee chug. So that McDonald's five hour challenge is I will sit McDonald's for five hours, but every time I eat a McDouble or a junior chicken, an hour comes off the time. So not ideal. Okay, so I'll spin the wheel here and find out what my punishment is uh, for losing. So let's give it a spin here. Hey, before I spin, what uh, what are you guys hoping it lands on? I think McDonald's is going to be like sitting in McDonald's for five hours would be awful, but only eating five cheeseburgers wouldn't be be that bad. No, um, if, we, if, we, if we made a 10, let's go with 10. Oh, it's, it's your punishment. So yeah, let's, let's do 10. 10. Oh, that is not awesome. I think low key, the chugging two liters of water. Okay. I'm going seven. Seven's a modest number. <laughs> <laughs> Changing this on the fly. How about a work day? Eight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you think Slurpee's the worst one, Zach? No, I think chugging the two liters of water. That's uh. It's a lot of water. Yeah, that's a puke, I think. Like, even if even if you complete it, you're going to be very uncomfortable for the next little while. Armin, you're the winner, I guess. What do you think? What do you want? Oh, no. I want the wings. You want the wings, I guess. Smart man. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not what you want to see. For those of you at home that are listening on podcasts and not on YouTube, it's, uh, yeah, the McDonald's seven-hour challenge. So that's just – McDonald's coming in hot. Jordan Carrier, seven hours. See you there. Yeah. <laughs> Potential future sponsor of the podcast, McDonald's. Yeah, coming in hot. Well, that is just really unfortunate. Hope you saved your coupons from the mail. <laughs> Seven McDonald's. Stop. I feel real smart in my gut real quick. Good thing it's dollar drink day, so you can just uh, sit there for seven hours <laughs> drinking coffee. Unreal. Yeah, that sucks. All right. Uh, so thanks for Armin for kicking my arse in uh, some Jeopardy there. And uh, check our social media here as I dummy seven cheeseburgers <laughs> at McDonald's here in PA. This is going to be awesome. But uh, let's, uh, let's get her going here, fellas. Hot takes. 
hot takes uh armin schellenberg well uh, let's get you going on your hot take of this uh, ice cold hot take for this episode two and oh baby and if you count nc squared three and oh here um all right my hot take well i don't know if it's gonna set the world on fire but it might be uh i'm trying to put out some embers maybe with my hot take here um i'm hearing more about zero rb strategy um i know when i kind of talked to the guys about it before jordan said he's only seen one guy do it before um but um i'm hearing about it a little bit more every day and I just want to cool those embers down a little bit and say, don't do zero RB strategy, especially I think with, uh, with how deep the receiving classes classes this year and moving forward, we're, we're in a passing, well, the league's getting more pass centric and that means there's going to be a deeper pool for receivers. So RB is going to be more like tight end where it's hard to get those, those good guys. So you better continue to get them early. Right. Um, you look at, uh, at the tiers for, for RB here. And once we get past, uh, um, kind of acres and Gibson, even those guys, like they're going into their second year, they're not, uh, for sure things, but they're, they're pretty high up there. Um, and that's at 12 and 13 for, for RB, um, in, in the fantasy pros rankings here. And then that kind of starts to drop off a cliff there. We got a few few guys that uh, might be a little bit of steals in Carson and Dobbins. Um, but when you look at wide receiver and you go down those fantasy pros rankings and you get into that, um, let's say this tier four in their rankings for PPR, 17 to 26, some names to list off here are Julio, Deontay Johnson, Cooper Cup. Tyler Lockett, who I think is is a great fantasy asset. Uh, I just saw a thing where he hasn't dropped a red zone target or he didn't drop a single red zone target last year, right? Or a target in the end zone. Um, you got Thielen, Galladay, T. Higgins, Ayuk, right? And then that goes into tier five and we're seeing Juju, OBJ, Sutton, Claypool, Robbie Anderson, chase and i'm starting to like just list off a ton of names here but um jarvis landry is is always pretty dependable too right and that's down to the 40th wide receiver right and i'd be i'd be fine with waiting until wide receiver 22 off the board with tyler lockett as my wide receiver one and getting a strong two strong rbs and one strong tight end there before them um, so I'm just saying, don't, don't fall into the, to the zero RB B draft strategy, as we talked earlier, um, or we were talking before the pod here, um, let the draft come to you. Don't force it, see what's out there and, and take what, what the best available player is for your team at that moment. Yeah. I like that take a lot. And, uh, in my just most recent draft there, I took, I think, McLaurin in like the seventh or eighth, which was like pretty good value. I wasn't even going to take a receiver. It was just such good value. And then I didn't take another receiver until like the 16th round or something like that. It's just, there's so many good sleepers, like even going deeper than what you mentioned, Armin, like guys like Marvin Jones or, or I'm trying to think, well, like guys like McCall Hardman or like, you know, like upside guys that you can take with essentially one of your last picks. 
Like you can Cole almost crap. Beasley. Yeah, Cole Beasley. 53 Cole, right now. Cole Beasley and Antonio Brown are two of my favorite sleepers, and they're two of the most steady guys you're going to get going into this next year. So I'm totally yeah. with you on this. Scrap the receiver. Not, not that I would encourage a zero RB strategy or zero, sorry, zero receiver strategy because obviously value comes to you. That's where you like McLaurin in the eighth round's value. Take them, right? But yeah. if you can, if you're going to scrap a position, you got to scrap the receivers because I think that's where you're going to find the most value, especially late in drafts. Just don't panic when when some of the top tier guys start coming off the board. No, you got a deep doubt talent pool to pull from. Yeah, totally agree with you. Zach, looks like we're looks like the three of us are in agreement. Um, probably for the first Scott, time ever, I think. Yeah. <laughs> in Scott Fish, I went uh, went quarterback in the first round, and then rounds two through five, I went running back with each of those picks and. Yeah, like Armin just said, I had to every time I was on the clock, it was like, well, this is a clear cut stud receiver, but uh also a really good running back. And I can start six running backs in that league. So I just kept on taking the the running back that was there. Um, none of them were reaches. Um, with the Scott Fish settings, quarterbacks and tight ends are quite valuable. So Lots of them were going off the board, which pushed running back down. And I was happy to take that value. And then now in like the eighth, ninth, 10th rounds, I'm getting guys like DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith. Um, would I rather have like an Allen Robinson than those guys? Well, yeah, but I think having um, DJ Moore and uh, like Aaron Jones is better value than like Ronald Jones and Allen Robinson. Yeah, for, for sure. Example. Totally yeah. agree with you. Totally agree with you. Uh, Zach, you're, uh, you want to go with your take here? Sure. Yeah. So this is a bit, of a bit of a flashback, I guess, to some of the rookie episodes perhaps. Um, but my hot take is that Amari Rogers rookie receiver for the green Bay Packers will put up, wide receiver three or flex uh, scores for, for this upcoming season. Um, of course, depending on Aaron Rodgers being a quarterback. So in 2020, the Green Bay Packers number two receiver was Marquez Valdez Scantling. He had 63 targets, 33 receptions, 690 yards and six touchdowns. Um, in, in on, like in all honesty though, their number two and three targets were, were Tanya at tight end and Aaron Jones at running back, but their number two receiver was, uh, Valda Scantling. So if Aaron Rodgers plays this year, um, Amari Rodgers, who was the 85th pick in this year's draft will easily exceed the totals that Scantling put up, um, Currently, Amari Rodgers is being drafted as a 77th wide receiver off the board. He will likely go undrafted in, in the number of redraft leagues, especially leagues with you know 10 or 12 teams in them. Maybe if you get a 14 or a 16-team league, uh, that won't be the case. Um, so going back to college at Clemson, Amari played out of the slot, and he was first in the nation in yards out of the slot and third in the nation in receptions out of the slot. Um, this guy is a slot machine, to say the least. Um, if Amari plays out of the slot in Green Bay, 
don't be surprised to see a, see a stat line along the lines of what we saw from Jamison Crowder last year. Something in the ballpark of 90 targets, 60 receptions, 700 yards, and six TDs, which would be good for that wide receiver three uh, or like flex position in most uh, PPP, in PPR setting leagues, at least. So somebody that you guys could get uh, either undrafted or at the very end of your, uh, your redrafts this year, I think. Definitely, uh, definitely a sleeper play, kind of buying into Armin's, uh, Armin's hot take there as well. Yeah, I'm absolutely. A, I'm a Alan Lazard fan. I don't think he's got a fair shake, especially with the injuries, and there's definitely a Rodgers connection there. But, I mean, they've already shown multiple times that that receiver two positions are revolving door, and it's kind of whoever they can find to fill the void, and, and that, uh, that can definitely be a fresh-faced new body too for sure. Um, okay, my hot take. I hinted at it a little bit already, but uh, – I'm going to dive into the dilemma between the two Dallas Cowboy receivers. So CD lamb currently, which surprises me has actually jumped to Mari Cooper in ADP. So in PPR drafting, Amari Cooper is wide receiver 13 to come off the board and Amari Rogers, uh, sorry, Amari Rogers, Amari Cooper. I got Zach's hot take on the brain here. Amari Cooper is wide receiver 16 off the board, which surprises me that they have actually leapfrogged each other because CD lamb has not proven himself at all with Dak Prescott. He put up his numbers later in the season uh, and he has shown him that he has NFL capability. So I, I buying into the hype a little bit, but I think his ADP is getting out of control. If I'm talking redraft right now, I'm taking Amari Cooper 10 out of 10 times over CD lamb. And they're going, they were for the long time, they're going back to back in rankings. Now CD's actually surpassed him. Okay. And this is kind of tying into a hot take in itself that I like Amari more than I like CD. And it goes into the fact that I had written Amari Cooper off my draft board for a while because I was burnt by him in the past, which is why I think a lot of people have written him off from their rosters because in the past he had burned them. And when he was playing with Vegas, I, don't know, I guess not Vegas at the time, it would have been um, uh, Oakland. He would put up a week of 27 points and then you put up zero and then six and then three and then two. And then all of a sudden you put up another 20 point week. And it was very so inconsistent, so frustrating, especially burning one of the higher ADP picks, roughly third, fourth round, okay? Uh, what's hard to realize is that Amari Cooper is 27 years old and he's played the league for seven years already. And he's starting to really gain traction with that connection with Dak. And it was week five when Dak got hurt. In week one, he put up 13 points, 13 points, 13 points, 27 points, and then Dak got hurt. So we've already seen that connection with Amari and Dak, well, Amari was healthy because he's battled with health with that foot uh, plantar fasciitis, I believe he had the year prior. So the fact that we are buying in the hype with CD for the potential over the already proven elite numbers from Amari, I think is getting out of control. So if you were to tell me redraft, there you go, who are you taking? Well, it's even more logical now that I take Amari at the lesser ADP than CD at the higher ADP. But I think already taking the proven vet over the potential rookie I think is a, is a solid play. It's a consistent mistake. People are drafting the hype and not so much the production. And you see that, especially in redraft lots with the, as we start progressing the season, oh, this guy can be elite. This guy can be elite. Dynasty, yeah, you're paying out the nose for CD. You're going to pay more for CD than you're going to be Amari. That's just the way it is. Amari's 27 years old. CD's what, 22 and, and hyped up like crazy. But when you come to redraft, you got to take the dynasty cap off if you're doing both. And you got to take the proven number sometimes over the potential hype. 
you're going to miss sometimes, but you're going to hit way more than you, than you would going vice versa. Yeah. Just like CEH uh, last year with how high he was drafted, right? It was that insane. train can just blow things way out of proportion. Like even like, I'm going to take this another step further, like looking at Tracer and Michael Carter, they haven't played a single snap in the NFL yet, but they're already going ahead of guys that are proven vets that are going to put up points or he monster. Yeah. He's going to get hurt, but he, well, he's healthy. He's going to give you elite numbers, but people are taking Michael Carter and Trey Sermon and some of these other rookie running backs ahead of them, which it doesn't make sense to me. And obviously in dynasty, it makes complete sense. But when you're looking at redraft, why would you take a guy that might not even be the one uh, number one running back on his team over a guy that has put up proven numbers the last couple of years, but has battle injuries. It, it doesn't make sense to me, but yeah, I guess you miss on hundred percent trust. You don't take. So I guess you're calling those, yeah. calling those shots on breakout candidates, but you're more likely to miss than hit. So I, uh, I'm a big Amari Cooper guy this year. I, and I'm putting my, putting my big time battle. Like I had him when he was in uh, Oakland and he burnt me and I said, I'll never do it again. And now I find myself really loving Amari Cooper. If I can get him as my receiver one in like the fourth round, I'll let everybody take CD. I'm going to scoop up Amari. That's for sure. Especially like we mentioned in a Dallas team, that's going to have to throw the ball a lot. I think they're going to be coming from behind a lot. Like look, what was it? They put up 56 points in week one last year. Like, yeah, that's I'll, I'll buy into that. offense. That's for sure. <laughs> oh man. Uh, anything, anything to add to your fellas before you wrap it up? Another episode. Uh, Sorry, go ahead, Zach. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, nothing for me. No, another, uh, another episode come and gone here. This episode 11 is hard to believe. They're just flying off with soon enough. We're going to be getting to uh, one episode, uh, one episode a week, not every two weeks. So we'll be coming to that time soon enough. So uh, stay tuned on social media, guys. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll suffer the consequences. I'm going to go hammer. I see how many cheeseburgers I can do in an hour. See if I can get less than an hour. If I have to spend over an hour, I guess I'll do six cheeseburgers, but I'll pay my consequences. Stay tuned for uh, the wheel, wager wheel as we start getting a few more of those going. Um, and episode 12 coming up in two weeks. We're going to be talking about ways to make your league better, uh, rule changes, uh, pre-draft stuff, uh, any, any way to enforce competition or, or interactiveness in your league. So stay tuned for that episode 12 coming up right away. Um, and as well to mention, like as always, uh, like and subscribe us on YouTube, um, like and share accounts on all the podcast platforms and obviously keep following us on the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, uh, et cetera, at 306 FFB. So um, on behalf of myself, Zach Armin, the whole 306 clan here, thank you very much for listening and stay tuned for episode 12. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.